Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peach Street Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peach Street Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Guess what? Peach Street Football is there. Bo Morgan, we are, today is actually the first day of summer believe it or not, Wednesday, January 21st. You mean? Day of the summer solstice, mean, the longest wait, day of the year. Wait. Yeah. Is it January 21st? Did I say January? Yeah. I was, <laughs> I, like, I was like, oh, my goodness. I've missed a lot. <laughs> yeah. How did we, the 23 we, we season go? <laughs> in the playoffs right now. If it was January 21st, my goodness. Um, But, no, it is June 21st, the first day. Of summer, the summer solstice, I guess, and apparently the longest day of the year. So shout out to y'all for listening on the longest day of the year. But Bo, right now, mandatory mini camps are over. The next big thing is training camp. And really, once we hit training camp, it's a full-on sprint to the regular season. So right now, really, Bo, and you can correct me if if I'm wrong, but right now is Right now, really, the time for players to obviously they're doing their preparations, they're, you know, getting their workouts in, take care of the body, but they kind of do that year round. So it's right now the time for them to obviously they're spending the, the last bit of good quality time with their families that they can, but vacations, you know, a little bit of winding down. Are, are those things that are happening right now as well? Or is it more just full on getting ready for the season? No, I think you want to. I'm not a trainer and I'm not an NFL player. Um, but I would I would like to think that this is a maintained period for these guys. You've put yep. in the work, now you kind of maintain. Um, there might be some guys that are putting in their final touches on what they um what they they need with their body. Right. I, I would think for the most part, these guys are 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 probably just maintaining, they're not trying to gain. Um, they're definitely working out, but 
they're just relaxing and letting their bodies get that rest from the OTAs and all those man- some of those mandatory mini camps, et cetera. So at this point, you're just kind of on, I don't want to say cruise control, but you're just in kind of a maintain mode where you continue to um, to lift. But hey, it's season is here. Um, let me, let me go spend some, some QT with the family because it's really important because you're pretty much in a month you're gone yeah. and, um, <laughs> and, 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 and be ready. Right. I, I, right. I mean, you and I do work a lot more during the season. So yep. we're both about to take some time and you know, I'll take some time next week and I'm sure you'll have a few days here and there where you just kind of chill and, and do your own thing. So it's not much different. I wouldn't I'm mean, in, in a lot of ways than that. So right. you're just ready, getting ready and continuing to get ready and gonna um, keep doing some of the good habits. I think it's very important that you don't get crazy. You know, you might have a couple of days where you're, you, you, you kind of veg out or yeah. do your, or release and however you do, if you want to have a few drinks or eat, eat a few cheat meals or whatever. But for the most part, um, the, the goal is to not get out, to not, to, to stay in shape, to not get in trouble and to enjoy the time you have left. So you refresh when the season starts, you know, I've never heard anybody use the term veg out until I met you. You were the first person I've heard use the term veg out. And I obviously like, I kind of know what it means now with context clues, but I guess it just means like relax and, you know, kind of go not brain dead, but, you know, kind of just. Put, take your mind to a place where you stop thinking, whether it's scrolling through TikTok or watching a watching a show or playing like Bejeweled on your phone or something like that or playing a game on your phone. So I get what it means. Just I never heard that term until until uh, you used it. So, yeah, you, uh, I mean, me I, I'm sure I, I would I would like to think it's not a become a PC term in 2023, <laughs> but it's not meant as a slide on anything or anyone. No. But veg out is basically, you know, I'm for me. um. I come home and I sit in my recliner and I turn on, uh, I, I, you know, it's a little bit different for me, but I've got ESPN. I've got two TVs and I've got ESPN yeah. on one and the other, uh, I'll mute and, and I keep an eye, you know, here and there, but the other one is just on a TV show or, um, a, and even these days, uh, you know, I'm not trying to talk about me, but you and I have both had a lot of schedule changes over the past six months and sure. we have, we do more work, but in different, we do, I don't want to say we do more work, but we do different work, which is more it when you first start doing it because it's Correct. an adjustment. Correct. So I don't even watch TV shows that I haven't seen, or I won't watch a new movie unless I'm in the right yeah. mindset. If I, 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 to me, it's something I can, you know, it's completely relaxed to. Right. Um, and enjoy and, and be no, there's no stress. There's no, and you know, anxiety, there's, there's nothing. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to, or, you know, like Game of Thrones, the show I've seen, what, three, maybe three times total. Yeah. You don't got to so, pay, like, extra hard attention to it, but, yeah. but you, you know what happens. And like you say, you can have a laugh and and that sort of thing. I so. fall asleep. Right. And I wake up an episode later or two episodes later. I just pick up from there. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. So players might be vegging out. They're obviously continuing to work and uh, work out, and they're getting their minds right for the NFL season. Because like both said, it is here. And it is happening, and it is going down sooner rather than later. And with that, let's get into some Atlanta Falcons football, Bo, because we've been doing our 
series uh, where we're breaking down every single position throughout the Atlanta Falcons roster. And today I want to focus on the linebackers because this is a bit of an interesting group. Young at its core, but we've added a lot of veterans to it as well. I think about Troy Anderson, obviously D'Angelo Malone, um, Arden Ebikati, who's kind of an outside linebacker slash defensive end uh, in that role. And then I think about the veterans we brought in. We brought in uh, Bud Dupree. So when I think about this uh, this, this linebacker group, really, Caden uh, Ellis, I don't want to forget him either. I'm really wondering, like, I know defense is different because it's all about it's not necessarily about who starts. It's about the the snaps that you get in the the snap percentage. So when you but when you first think about the linebackers, I mean to 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 start out and and when we talk about snap percentage as well, I mean is the majority of the workload going to be on Troy Anderson in the middle? Do you think Caden Ellis is that guy in the middle too? Because I mean, at this point, it seems like obviously we're not bringing back Rashawn Evans. So Caden Ellis and Troy Anderson in the middle, and then maybe uh, Arnold Ebicady, Lorenzo Carter on the outside, or does Bud Dupree, who has been impressing throughout the offseason for the Falcons, do you think he gets more of the snaps on that side of Lorenzo Carter? I mean, what do you what are you thinking when you when we talk about the linebackers here? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Well, where do you want me to start, inside or out? Because well, out's a totally different I, I, story I, than inside. I think outside is a little bit more intriguing to me because I think we know inside is going to be mainly Troy Anderson, Caden Ellis, Michael Walker is going to be sprinkled in there for sure. But I think inside we kind of know what to expect, right? And I think outside is going to be a little bit more different, like you said. Well, honestly, I think outside is going to be a, multiple things. I think situational, you know, mm-hmm. um, technically – you have you went through them, but um, I don't not, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you say Ogan Deji? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mention him, no, because Ogan Deji's a guy. I think Zach Harrison mm-hmm. is a guy that technically could, call. Yeah. could be standing up. Um, D'Angelo Malone, did you mention D Malone? I did, I did, um, I did. <laughs> I thought so. I was making sure I did, that we didn't miss anybody. Um, uh, I almost forgot about Lorenzo Carter. <laughs> so I think there's a couple of guys that they that they want to play. That they want to have uh, that it's not situational. I honestly think I know Ogan Deji is going to be more run, and I think mm-hmm. Zach Harrison at first could be more run. Mm-hmm. I think they want Zach Harrison to be an everything guy, but I, I think and I think Zoe's an everything guy as well. Right. But but I think when I think of D- Dupree and Epicady and and Dan- and D'Angelo Malone is a, 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 he's in the middle too. 
Um, all those guys can do everything, but for me, it's I'm not getting overly hung up on all those names and saying who's where. These guys are going to play, yeah, based on situations and what they do to earn that playing time. So mm-hmm. if Evan Cady comes out of the box in the preseason, looks well, and maybe he earns that nod um, from the past because of because his pass rushing abilities, that kind of thing, then 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 I think he might see a few more of the snaps. But then again, I think if he doesn't, you can see Bud Dupree. I think a lot of that's going to depend there. The other thing that I would probably make sure is you've went out and signed a Bud Dupree, not only for uh, veteran presence, but but you're trying to build depth. Correct. So if you can rotate these guys and they are producing within the rotation – you want to keep them fresh. Right. You want to keep and, them going and let not me jump only here. for games, but but as the season wears on. Yeah. Um, let me let me jump in here real quick. So when because I just want you to talk about that a little bit more. When if you had a ballpark number, and it might be tough to, to tell right about now, but if you had a if you had a ballpark number, I mean, how often do you expect these guys the guys to rotate? I mean, is it every couple of plays? I, I don't expect God is gonna leave guys in there for entire drives, but I mean, how what do you what do you expect that rotation to be like? It's honestly hard to say right now. Yeah. Um I would lo- I would think that Bud Dupree might be in here at first early in the season as a and a as a pass rush specialist. Um but I, I don't know. I've seen Lorenzo Carter play a lot of snaps and I've seen Abba Katie play a lot of snaps. So those guys might be and, and even D'Angelo Malone in some way. So those guys could be more of you know, they could get more snaps than a Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. Um than a D'Angelo Malone. I I, I you know Adi Ogandeji is probably going to get a few more snaps depending on the team you play, depending on if they're a heavy pass, heavy rush. It's really hard because I think a lot of it's going to dictate how you play. Right. Um, so matchups too, like you said. Yeah. So yeah, matchups. Well, matchups are not matchups are always big. So yeah. You know, I, I wish I could put a number on it, but but I can't. I, I can't hundred percent. I guess you know you would. What you could do is go look. Um, at snap count percentages um for 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 guys um when they played uh last yeah. year the guys that were here um and and, and you know that there's ways to do that but I'm looking right now and I'm looking at um Lorenzo Carter and looks like defensively he played 81% mm. of your the defensive snaps last year out there a lot um, Arnold Abacady only played 45. Mm. Um, Adi played 48. So, now you've lost a guy in Rashawn Evans in the middle who played 98%. Goodness. But D'Angelo Malone, he, his, he, up, uh, he upticked there late, and, and he ended up getting almost 20%. But those were young guys, and those were guys that, that you know, that were considered linebackers. Um, and, and then you have... So you, you you would like Arnold Ebicady to play more than forty five percent of the snaps next year. Sure. Um, 
I don't know if it's good or bad. It could mean that he's progressed so much as a pass rusher and that other guys have progressed in the run game that you didn't need him and that you can make him more specialized. But I, I, based on that, I, I would kind of expect Lorenzo Carter to get around 80% of the snaps, and I'd kind of expect Arle Bacchetti, I would like to see him uptick and get maybe 50, 55, and maybe D'Angelo Malone and Bud Dupree can share the rest or, yep. or help help Zoe out on the other side. So it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, either Lorenzo, you know, and this is kind of a silly thing to say, but one or two things can be said. If Lorenzo Carter's not getting around 80% of the snaps, it could mean that you didn't bring guys in to to um, compete. Uh, you brought guys in that kind of kind of helped him take plays off to where right. he didn't have to play over. Correct. It could mean he regressed. I'm not sure. a big I'm not a big fan of that word regression, but I, so I would like Lorenzo Carter to play less snaps. So he's he's a fresher player. I'd like all yeah. those guys. I really don't want any of those guys playing that much because I think that way you can keep them fresh to go out to the passer. But then yeah. again, it could mean that they have come on so strongly that right you can't you're help as, have them you're nowhere in there. near the team without them. Right. So it's hard for me to comment because it's also based on a different defense. It's true, very true. And Ryan Nielsen, Ryan Nielsen could be wanting, you know, not not something completely different, but just the way he looks at rotations and you know keeping guys fresh and you know, just things like that. He could just have a different mindset than what Dean Pease had a year ago. So. It's going to be very interesting to to see. But one quick question before we move on from the the position breakdown of the linebackers. Do you think, and again, this is the same discussion of different defense, you know, not sure how Ryan Nils is going to handle it, but do you think, because we all expect Troy Anderson to be that guy in the middle to kind of anchor this linebacker court, do you expect Troy, uh, Troy Anderson to be kind of that replacement for Sean Evans? And do you expect him to kind of be at the same level where Sean Evans was last year and get 98% of, of, of snaps? Because And I ask that because, you know, that's not to say that he can't do it, but that is a lot of pressure on a, on a second-year player. Yeah, again, I don't know how they want to funnel this defense next year. Right. I, you know, I know last year – the way Dean set things up, it seemed to, it, it seemed to funnel everything into those middle linebackers, and that's one of the reasons that Rashawn had it. Um, it, 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 it. You have to know how how Ryan Nielsen wants to use Caden Ellis, right? Because Caden Ellis in the past has been used as a guy that was more of just a be, do his job, and because he's doing his job and he's right where he's supposed to be, he fell into tackles and sacks. Honestly, I don't want to say he fell into sacks last year, but he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they'll tell you, hey, maintain your 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 rush lanes. Because if you maintain your rush lanes and you're doing your job, there are times where because of that, things are going to fall in your lap or get funneled to you, or you're funneling it to someone else. So I like to. I don't know that there is a Rashawn Evans. Mm. Same same yeah. way on right. what Ryan Nelson wants to do. Right. But I do think that if there's one guy that Ryan Nelson was super excited about the day he took the job, it was Troy Anderson. 
So he has hopes for Troy Anderson. He has a designed role. Troy Anderson, to me, if 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 he can progress, he is a Luke Keekley type player, or could be has the potential. Yeah, but well, look, I'm not trying to compare him. They're both athletic, physical, Mm -hmm. fast guys. If he can get the foot, Luke Keekley was an elite football IQ player. For sure. Elite, like a Ray Lewis type player as far as elite, knowing exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there have been pieces on him where he's telling people where to go even beforehand. I mean, he 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 know he knew the, the, the offense's plays before they even snapped it. So he was on that type of level. So I, I definitely get what you're saying. Now, Troy Anderson isn't on that level yet, but like you said, if he can get there, he has all the same athletic abilities. As long as that IQ is there, you know, they, there's potential there for him to be that same type of player. Yeah, and look, the IQ thing, I, that's not a knock on a person's intelligence. Right. I want that to be very clear. That's just yeah. saying that they they know the game so well because they film study. Could be work ethic. I mean, correct. a lot of times football IQ comes from, you know, playing the game so long, but being a bookworm. Sure. Um, Ricardo Allen was had had immense football IQ because he was a film nerd. The guy was always in film study, mm-hmm. and that was his. That was he was the first first one there, last one to leave, and that's no joke. And that that makes you a better player. So it's it it could depend. It's not always dependent on the physical attributes. It's also the mental aspect of the game. So I, you know, I think that Troy Anderson. There's a lot of people that are high on him, and that's why they took him there. And I thought he started to show it last year as he took over from Michael Walker. But again, you never know how these things are going to play out or what's going to be asked of these guys. But I would like to think that, from what I've kind of seen a little bit, I've seen on film that this defense is one of those where, and I think every defense could you could probably say this, but if you just do your job. Um, you're gonna you're you're gonna get a lot out of it, and yep. especially with Ryan Nils uh with when Ryan Nilsons for what I've seen from Caden Ellis last year on film from New Orleans, and I'm sure you know maybe that's the job Troy Anderson plays, and he uses Caden Ellis for other things. Yeah, you just, you just don't know, and I don't I'm not sure if the door is closed on Rashawn Evans or not. Right. I, I would like to think Rashawn Evans, since he's still out there, um, still a chance has a chance. I'm not sure exactly what they're waiting for unless the price coming down or or that you know i i would expect um this time in all if, if you told me if we're if this was august 21st and not june 21st i think there's a really extremely good chance that somewhere in the nfl um uh, rashawn evans is is now on a team yeah, I mean, especially from what he put on tape last year. I mean, he had nothing but good tape. Uh, he was durable, reliable, sure tackler. Like, I, I don't see why Rashawn Evans honestly isn't a team already. And, again, hopefully the Falcons can uh, bring him in and bring him back because, I mean, whether he starts or whether he's just, again, a, a depth piece, I mean, that'd be great depth for the Atlanta Falcons. But you have to think if they, they sign Rashawn Evans, he, he might be a plug-and-play type of player. But. It's going to be very interesting to see with with or without Rashawn Evans the this Falcons linebacker core because again like you said this Ryan Nielsen defense still we, we we want to see exactly what it looks like in action 
like you talked about, is he going to funnel stuff to the middle? Is he maybe going to try to clog up the middle, funnel stuff to the outside and let his athletes try to make plays in space? It's all yet to be seen. And, you know, with with new pieces as well, you know, you have to take into account how he's going to, you know, put guys in the best situations and put them in situations where he know they can succeed. Like Trey Anderson, the athlete, let him do work in space. Uh, let let Lorenzo Carter, you know, go pin his ears back and go after the quarterback. Arnold Ebicady, same deal. Bud Dupree, same thing. So just how he's going to put guys in positions to uh, make plays and get the best out of them. It's going to be very interesting to see how he accomplishes that. But let's move on as, as we are in the back nine of this edition of Peachtree Football. I want to talk about the offense now. Talked a lot about the defense here in the beginning and in the first half of the show. I want to talk now about the offense because Arthur Smith, at the end of mandatory minicamps, he was talking to the media and a friend of uh, the morning shift, Josh Kendall, actually tweeted this out and said that Arthur Smith, if I don't have the exact quote in front of me, I should have brought it, but he basically said if Matt Ryan was handed a playbook, a lot would look very foreign to him. And he was here just a year and a half ago. And that just brings up the conversation of Arthur Smith and how this offense is going to continue to evolve. Arthur Smith just didn't come here with a, a, a set game plan. Like we're just going to run, run, run the football. Like no matter our personnel, we're just going to run. No, Arthur Smith is a guy where he is going to take advantage of the personnel that he has. Now, does Arthur Smith have an idea of what he wants to do? Of course he does. He is more of a running type of uh, a coach when it talks about offensive game plans and he's get great at scheming up offensive uh, run schemes. However, when you have a, a Drake London, when you have a Kyle Pitts, when you have a B. John Robinson who can also play in the slot now, we have a John U. Smith, a Cordell Patterson, you can do other things. And Arthur Smith, with the great mind that he is offensively, he is going to play to his players' strengths. He's not designing plays just for himself and what he thinks is going to work. He's designing players what he knows is going to work and the way he's going to put players in the best position to succeed based off of their skill set. So it was just very interesting to hear, you know, how Arthur Smith's offense has evolved from what we saw in 2021 with Matt Ryan to what we saw last year with Marcus Mariota and to what it's going to be now before. And, Bo, I know you've talked about how you think the 2021 offense, 2022 offense are going to kind of be married. They're going to be mixed in a little bit. It's not going to be as run-heavy as it was last year and maybe not as pass happy as it was in 2021. It's going to be a nice mixture of both, Bo. Yeah, look, that's what I've always thought is it's going to be um, – I've thought that for a while just because of the way they've made additions. And I think that's partly what – I think that's some of what he means when he says Matt Ryan wouldn't really recognize the offense. The offense when Matt was here was, 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 was built around what would be Kyle Pitts yeah. and – Calvin Ridley right and then Cordero Patterson in some capacity and that wasn't really what it ended up being because Calvin Ridley the the issues are you know the what happened with him and at the end of his career here is you know very right. documented yep so I, I don't I think we we kind of know what that was but right. um but then last year you had Kyle Pitts and you had Drake London and 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 then you would you um I went out and signed some uh, was it Damien uh Damian Williams. Yeah, Damian Williams. And you had Cordero Patterson and, and, and Marcus Mariota was not like uh, Arthur Smith was no no stranger to what Marcus Mariota was. He had coached him right. in Tennessee. So he knew what 
what that was going to be. It was going to be a run first team that, Correct. you know, could live off the, off, off the passing game when they needed to. And then Kyle Pitts gets hurt. And, and uh, because Damian Williams is, is pretty much gone, you have to go with two, basically two rookies once Cordero goes out. So, yep. and, so everything kind of changed and you worked around it. And so you became run first and you became, you know, that, that zone, that read option team or zone read team or, you know, RPO team, whatever you want to call it. And that is gone now too. So now with you, you're in your third starting quarterback in three years. Yeah. And this one is more of a mixture of the first two than, than, than the either one was alike the other, right. the other two years. Yeah. Um, if I said that, if you, if you don't understand what I mean, Matt Ryan was a pure pocket passer yeah. and he's not going to run a lot, especially RPO stuff. Marcus Mariota was an RPO guy and wasn't a great pocket passer from accuracy and efficiency. So Correct. Desmond Ritter, I think, gives you what you would hope to be the best of both worlds. So now the offense is going to be molded into what fits him and the weapons. And the weapons are well-documented as well on this podcast. We've talked about them. So I think that's where he's going. I think it's going to be the best of both worlds. I don't know. Hell, you might have, you might throw the ball 35 times in week two and then turn around and throw it 21 times in week three because right. that's, the way that, that's what the matchup gave you or that's what the game dictated to you. So that's why I love a guy, a coach like Arthur Smith because I think he is set up to do whatever he wants. And I think this offense is set up to do whatever he wants. And whatever, let me rephrase that. I don't even want to say whatever he wants. Uh -huh. Whatever is needed, whatever the game dictates. Go. And so that would be to me if I was a, if I'm well, I am a Falcons fan. That to me, as being a Falcons fan and someone that co covers a team and travels with a team, it's what really makes me excited about it. Um, and, and and I and I have a lot of trust in the in the coach that's going to be doing all that. Oh, I mean, or most calling all of it, anyways. Yeah, I mean, just. Seeing what Arthur Smith was able to do with a roster in 2021 that, you know, took a lot of dings and you just talked about it. Calvin really going out and, you know, having Matt Ryan basically once Calvin really went down, you kind of only had Kyle Pitts receiving wise. And then with the roster he had in 2022 last season, that was real run heavy and, you know, couldn't throw the ball all that effectively. It was OK at times, but. You know what we mean. Just seeing what he was able to do with the rosters that he's had the past two seasons with the, with the cap restrictions and, and all those things. It just shows that now with the talent that he has, I, it seems like the the sky's the limit for Arthur Smith. And again, you, you talked about it. He's going to do what is needed. It doesn't matter if, if, if he likes to run the ball more, pass the ball. None of that matters. It's about... What is going to put the team in the best position to win? If they have to throw the ball, like you said, 35 times, that's what's going to happen. If they got to uh, run the rock through, throughout the entirety of the game because it needs to be more of a possession game, that's what they're going to do to make sure they put themselves in the best position to win the football game. So just this is the creative mind of, of Arthur Smith and what he's been able to pull off in the past two years. Um, when you think about what he's going to be able to do now with the talent that he has, I mean, it, it makes any – Falcons fan like you and myself excited about what the what the future is going to hold so exciting times here in Atlanta exciting times here on Peace Street Football and we can't wait to 
get the season started. Even even the preseason. Like I need something at this point. I just need a little something, something. I want to see something uh, when it when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons going out there, putting on the pads and playing football. But that is going to do it for this edition of Peach Street Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peach Street Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is on Apple Podcasts. That is on Spotify. That is on the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peach Street Football is there. For Bo Morgan, our producer, James Jackson, I am Dylan Matthews. Until we talk to you guys next time, 